Hey, it's Kathy. I just want to let you know that I'm doing a free five-day workshop. It's called the Abundance Activation Challenge, and it starts today. And it's not too late for you to join us. Today is the last day to join. Go to kathyheller.com slash five day to sign up. The pre-party has been happening and it's been such a blast. There's so many high vibe women in there who are ready to call in more abundance. I know that you will love that you showed up for this. I'll be live at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern every day this week, teaching you how to become a master manifester. You are just going to have the best time. If you want to join us, sign up at kathyheller.com slash five day. Thanks to Trivia Star for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Right now, Trivia Star is offering you 2,500 coins and 500 gems when you download for free and play. Just go to the Apple or Google store and search for Trivia Star. Hi, guys. It's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. So I just want to just put this on out there because sometimes it seems like... Other people just are crushing it. They're coasting through life. Everything's all green lights. Everything's great. I just want to be clear. Like we all have homework. We all have our stuff. And lately I'm realizing I'm doing this whole course on marriage and I'm doing all of this work on really looking at what it means to show up as a wife. And I'm just being super vulnerable with you. Like Oh my God, my work is that, I don't know if any of you can relate to this. My work is that when my husband triggers me or says something that annoys me, instead of being right and being heard, I'm trying to bow out, like surrender and like focus on like, do I want to have like an amazing marriage in this moment or do I want my ego to be, you know, feeling all that. And it's amazing this thing with the ego. Like I realize, like, oh my God, I have this thing where it's like, no that's not cool. You can't talk to me like that. You can't do that. It's like, yeah, it's interesting. It's really interesting. And then I have some friends in my life who are, you know, they get on the bandwagon. Absolutely not. Blah, blah, blah. And then I have another few friends in my life who have really good marriages who are like, well, let's think about that. You know, like, can you see it from his perspective? Can you let it go? You know, like, and a friend of mine said to me the other day, you can't carry two men in your heart at the same time she's a therapist and she's like, Kath, you might not even realize it, but like there might be stuff you don't even notice, like from when you were growing up, like with your parents' divorce that like, you're still like holding against him because you haven't processed it with your dad. I was like, whoa, all I'm saying you guys is we all have our thing. That's all I'm saying. And, and it is relevant to what we're talking about because how we do one thing is how we do everything. And I kind of feel like because I am showing up and like rising up in my business, I have more of a capacity to show up and be able to confront these other things in my life. Isn't that kind of cool? Anyway, I'll keep you posted on all that, but let's get into today's episode because it's really good. Stacey Toshel is here. 
She's a small business growth coach and an expert. She really is an expert. She has multi seven figure businesses. She's also a best selling author and a podcast host. And she's the brilliant mind behind the foot traffic formula, which is her blueprint to help small businesses around the world get more customers in the door, more profit in their pocket and more happiness in their homes. It's so good. And we're going to talk all about how you can implement this in your own business. So you're definitely going to want to take some notes. Also go listen to Stacy's foot traffic podcast. It's loaded with tons of actionable business tools, systems, and strategies you can use right away to grow your audience, your clients, your income, Plus, it covers online marketing, staffing, scaling, mindset, so much. You're going to learn the essential elements for building a massively profitable business and a hugely happy life. She talks with awesome guests like Dave Hollis, Susie Orman, Amy Porterfield. You got to check it out. So we recorded this live in our Arrive membership. And there's actually a full Q&A afterwards where our members get to submit questions to talk to Stacey directly. And they got so much feedback. That content is reserved just for the members of the Arrive community. If that sounds interesting to you, if you'd like to have the ability to be in on a guest expert session like this live and then talk directly to the guest expert, you should think about joining the Arrive membership. You can go to kathyheller.com slash Arrive community. Not only do we have one guest expert a month, but then we create a workbook around conversations like this. And then as a community, we all take those steps forward. Plus once a month, I come on and do my own Q&A with the community. We have amazing guest experts coming in like Sherry Salata, who was president of OWN, executive producer of Oprah. Uh, we also have Christy Wright coming in, who wrote Business Boutique. She works with Dave Ramsey and just so many other amazing people. So you might want to check it out. It's pretty much fire in there. So go ahead to kathyheller.com slash arrive community if you want to join us for all the things because it will continue to be amazing. Stacy is such a force to be reckoned with. I love her story. I love what she's done to grow her business. And I can't wait for you guys to start taking in her incredible wisdom. So without further ado, please welcome the spectacular Stacy Tushel. Hi, everybody. We're here and Stacy's here. So first and foremost, why don't you just tell us a little bit about you and your sort of story of how you went from like this kid who grew up and then had all these things you wanted to do and then actually turn that into a massively successful business, helping other people grow their business. What's the story arc there? Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I started back right out of high school. So in high school, I went from a little Christian um, grade school to a public high school and didn't know anybody. Wow. So my mom was like, you should try out for something, uh, some sort of team to make friends. So I was like, right. okay, well, um, the dance team was first and I tried out and I made it and I had no dance background at all whatsoever. And it's funny because I fell in love with it. And dancing at you know 14 is very, very late for a dancer. So when I was about to graduate high school, I knew I wasn't good enough to go and be a professional dancer. So I thought I'll just go and start teaching for fun to middle schoolers, right? Who will think I'm impressive, even though I don't, I'm not that great. So I decided I passed out flyers locally and just said, Hey, I'm going to do a free dance team for middle schoolers who want to compete while I was going to college to get like a regular nine to five. Right. And um, I had 17 kids the first year came to my parents' backyard. It was a hit They within three years, I had a hundred dancers that signed up for this program. I'm still in my parents' backyard. And then in the winter, since I'm here in Wisconsin, a church gave us their basement for free while we would transition into the cold winter months. So three years in, 
thankfully, I grew up in an entrepreneurial family. So my family started a business 50 years ago. We did basements for houses here in Wisconsin, like a construction business. And my family said, I think you might have a business here. Like, I think these hundred kids, they they might not be paying you now, um, but we maybe could start charging them and you could really do this. And my mind was blown. Like, I couldn't even believe that this thing that I really wasn't, I mean, I was decent, but I, I'd started so late. I was nowhere near what my competitors were like, right? So that I think there was just so much imposter syndrome that popped up. Today, 18 years later, that summer backyard story is now 18 years old. We have like a thousand dance and music students that come to us. We have two performing arts academies. I own both buildings. They're million dollar buildings, gorgeous state-of-the-art facilities. We've got between like 40 and 50 employees that work for us. I haven't danced in over a decade. I haven't taught a dance class in over a decade. I work exclusively in my home. And I used to say pre-COVID, I'm like, I only go in once a month for about two hours for a meeting. Now that meeting happens virtually in my home. So I go in zero hours zero. in zero. that business. Yep. And it grosses over a million dollars a year and has been for quite a while. So that's kind of how I got to where I am today. It's so good. I love that this starts in your backyard. I love it starts with like, maybe you should make some friends. And then <laughs> a thousand friends later, over and over <laughs> and over again, 18 years later, thousands of human beings. So let's just take this back because you not only created this million dollar business yeah. beautifully, and it was based on something you love doing, which is so cool. Yeah. But then you went on to teach other business owners how to build their business. When did that start? Yeah. So that's usually the next question. And I love when people bring this up because I don't want people to look at me and think, oh, she does all the things too. So I'm going to do all the things. I always tell people I was doing the, the studios for 13 years before I added on the other business. So it was a well-oiled machine at the time. But what was happening was I was just, you know, doing my thing, running my business. And I would get a call from like the local karate studio. And he called and he said, Hey, is there any way I could sit down with you? And you could just share with me a few like tips or strategies of how you are growing this business so fast. And I remember thinking like, what? Like he was older. He was a guy. Like, I'm like, why is he listening to me? I know nothing about karate, you know, but I was like, sure. So he came in mind blown, right? Like couldn't believe some of the things I was sharing it. I had like a friend who has a husband who has a doctor and he wanted to open up a Medi spa. So he's like, could you ask your friend if she'd meet with me? And I'm like, a doctor wants to meet with me. Like, this is crazy. Right. So it just started to happen naturally that way. Again, a lot of imposter syndrome of like, but I own a dance studio. Like, what am I going to teach the doctor? What am I going to teach the karate studio? Right? right. So I started to do that a lot. It took me a while. And I was like, maybe this is a business. Like maybe I could charge people for all the things that I'm sharing with them and doing. So about five years ago, I officially came out online and said, Hey, if you have a small business and you want to learn some strategies, like this is what I'm doing. Um, and now here, five years later, we have foot traffic and just helping people from around the world. Like we have somebody right now in India learning our strategies and that blows my mind. I really wish I had 27 hours with you (laughs) because I knew I loved you. I knew this whole thing about your dance background. I knew you're from Wisconsin. I'm like, what's not to love? Midwestern girl who's like built this whole thing. So let's talk about the food traffic formula. What is the formula and how do we break that down? Yeah. So the thing that makes me really different as a dance studio owner, if you have a child that goes to dance or you took dance, 
and you hear that I'm a dance studio owner, you might already think like, oh, what would that look like? It probably is not what my studios really look like. And my point here is I'm a different type of dancer. It's because I'm not the traditional dancer that has that traditional background. My background is watching my family grow a very successful business. So what I had to realize was what was making me so different from these other dance studios. And it was this formula that we were doing that was monetizing, right? It was attracting people, bringing them in and monetizing. Like that's what you want in your business. You actually want to be profitable and making money. You don't want an expensive hobby. And there's a lot of people out there that people probably think are loaded and they just have a very expensive hobby that they are funding with a regular day job. And that is the part where we have to really understand the difference, right? So the formula, it's a triangle. There are three T's that we teach and it's basically traffic, touch, and transaction. Traffic is driving traffic, getting visibility on your brand, right? So you need people to know who you are. You need people to discover you, to find you. Um, that is a big, big step in this. However, you need touch, which is connecting with them, grabbing their contact information, really making them be a true lead where we can reach back out and talk to them, right? And then the transaction piece is how do we take those leads and get them to actually buy something from us and honestly buy it pretty quickly. That's one of the strategies that we use is we don't sell you three months after you've met us, but we're probably going to sell you on day one, right? There's a way to do it and to do it in a, in a way that isn't off-putting to your people. So we're trying to drive traffic while those other T's are in place. If you're driving traffic or getting people to follow you on social media, but you don't have a way to get their information or sell them something, or they don't even know you sell something, you're just wasting your time, right? So that's the three T's. And then in the center is tracking, which is our secret sauce. I am such a systems girl. I am such a believer in metrics and knowing your numbers and tracking is part of all three of them. So we track our traffic. We track our touch. We track our transaction. And when you know those numbers and when you look at them frequently and you start to pay attention, you start to see those numbers increase. And a lot of people just don't want to know their numbers. So they hide from those numbers, right? And then they're not happy with their outcome. I mean, you're so brilliant. And the way that you've just like broken this down is fascinating. I feel like I want to acknowledge that a lot of people listening are like, she is a thousand steps ahead of me, right? Yeah. So first things first, when you were starting, and you even said it yourself a couple of times, and I'm not even a traditional dance teacher. Yeah. And then before you said, I haven't even danced in like a decade. I'm still... What do you do with imposter syndrome? Yeah. Was there ever a part of you that was like, well, who am I to do this? And how do you help people overcome that? Because I really think when you're just starting, that almost paralyzes you, right? Yeah, it really does. And I don't, I mean, people look at me and they think I'm very confident, but I still have mindset issues. I'm still fighting imposter syndrome. So I wrote a book five years ago. And just to show you how bad my imposter syndrome is, <laughs> I didn't tell anybody but my husband who I personally knew, no one knew that I wrote a book, okay? My mom found out because somebody, they were looking for the dance studio number and for some reason they Googled my name and they see stacytosha.com. So the woman clicks on it and is like, I didn't know your daughter wrote a book. And my mom's like, I didn't either. No, you're joking me. I'm not kidding. Like the book was out in physical form and I still did not tell my family. And it's not that they weren't supportive. My family has been always very supportive, but I felt like I'm just a dance studio owner. Who am I to write a book? There People aren't even going to believe there that I can write a book. 
So it's like, I kind of do think my way, my strategy, don't follow this, but this is what I do. I kind of like, don't believe I can do it, but then I secretly believe I can do it. So I do it anyway, but I don't tell anybody. Right. And then when it's out, I'm like, I did write a book. Yep, here it is, mom. <laughs> um, and that's just kind of worked for me because I know that I just have to do it and rip the bandaid off. Wow. That's, I mean, that's pretty epic. You hadn't even told your mom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yet you, you did it. Let me ask you another thing that would yeah. stop people in their tracks is this idea that it's COVID. How could I ever get foot traffic? Number one yeah. in person. Number two, a lot of people think you also can't build a business online because they believe that there's complete scarcity out there that nobody's buying a t-shirt. Nobody's taking an online course. Okay. Now you and I know that that's not true because we see data, we see what's going on online. We have our own businesses, but for somebody else that can feel very real. Mm -hmm. So what's your perspective on helping people to dive in and build a business, especially now in COVID when there's so many new reasons, so many new reasons to have mm -hmm. the fear. All the reasons for sure. Oh. And, and sometimes <laughs> like your thought you project on other people, right. right? So like, I am actually a pretty big germaphobe. I mean, I'm like doing the things people are doing now in COVID with the sanitizer and like the wiping the carts off. Like that was me back in February before COVID existed, okay? I'm like, I love it. the fact that you people weren't doing this blows my mind, but okay. So my point is, I'm the girl who's already kind of a germaphobe thinking like, I don't think I'm going to send my kids to dance class. So in my mind, I'm thinking no one's going to send their kids to dance yeah, class. Correct. Even if we open, no one's bringing their children. In fact, um, yeah, they are. Like there are people that are like, I got to get this kid out of the house. Right. Like, she Take needs her. to go somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like we, we tell ourselves these stories and then we believe them. Okay. So here's a great example. One of my clients I just mentioned, she's from India. So she said today to one of her accountability coaches in the program, she was like, I don't think this is going to work for me because people from India are not on Facebook. And I was like, what? Like, no way. So, and that's our reaction. Our thought is like, of course, people from India are on Facebook. So I Google our people from India on Facebook. The first post that pops up, this is crazy, but I didn't know this. India it's the number one country with the largest population on Facebook, a million more India users than the United States. Okay. Can you even, I, I want, I can't wait. The story isn't finished yet. Cause we're going to be showing her this post. Can you even imagine what she's going to think when she thought they're not on? And in mm -hmm. fact, they're the largest population on Facebook today. The beliefs, these generalizations, oh. right? And then we take action based on what we believe. So of course, yeah. if she has that thought, she's not running a Facebook ad. She's not joining yeah. a Facebook group. She's not showing up at all. She's like, what am I doing? This Facebook live stuff? That doesn't make sense, right? Right. So turn it around for us then. So yeah. why is now the best time to start mm -hmm. a business during COVID? Yeah. So I just got a photo taken in my house and I just removed the post-it that was sitting on my computer because it was in the shot. And the post-it said, this is my time. Okay. And I read that post-it every single day. I put that on there the week that the world like fell apart in March. And I was just as hysterical as probably many of you thinking this is going to just be awful. Right. And every day I would read that and I would think, okay, th this is it. Like, this is my time. Yes. There are some people that are going to go out of business. Sadly, there are some people that their mindset is going to be so negative, or they're going to be hearing from people that are also so negative that they won't even allow themselves to take action. But for me, I'm committed to figuring this out. And I hope you are too. Right? So I, have, I want you to ask yourself, like, how bad do you really want it? 
Like, do you want to make it through this or do you not? And if you want it bad enough, you'll get resourceful, right? So that's the thing that I want you to understand. Anybody can be successful right now, but you probably have to adapt to what it is happening. My studio numbers, they're down. Like, I couldn't even lie to you and say, oh, we're up 20% this year. Like, no, in fact, our dance numbers are down. Our music numbers are up, which is surprising, but our dance numbers are down. However, our local area, they've announced school is going virtual. So we decided let's offer some day camps during the day that parents can get rid of their kids while they're trying to work. Not something we've ever offered before. In fact, we were pretty much closed during the day. And now it's like time to change the game. Time to solve a new problem that people actually need. Maybe they don't need dance classes right now, right? But maybe they are desperate to get their kids out of the house for a few hours while they can get some work in. Mm-hmm. You've got to change the game. Look at these restaurants. I saw a restaurant open up their store as a grocery store. And they were selling like apples and onions and the stuff that they had in the back when people were like grocery stores were getting emptied out. You've just got to decide like, what wow, do people need? Yeah, like stop complaining about what you don't have or what you used to sell that isn't working anymore and start asking yourself like, what do they need and what could I provide? If I didn't sell that thing, what could I do now? Which those are the questions we should be asking anyway, but it's sort of calls them to light. And what happens is leaders emerge because we, we ask the right questions and we get creative. Right. Mm -hmm. And then people say, thank you for showing up. Thank you for showing up in a time where I actually need more. I have more of a bigger need right now for all the things. This conversation is fire, but before we keep going, let's just thank our sponsor. If I were to ask you to name a member of the Beatles or New Kids on the Block, could you answer in 15 seconds? If the answer is yes, then you need to play Trivia Star. I've teamed up with Trivia Star and they are offering 2,500 coins and 500 gems when you go to the Apple or Google store, download and play. Trivia Star is a free mobile quiz game that's both entertaining and challenging. You can test your trivia knowledge in categories like music, movies, TV, celebrities. There are over 60 categories to choose from, so there's always more trivia to explore. If you choose the correct answer from multiple choices, and you beat the clock, you move on to the next level. The questions get harder over time, but if you get stuck, you can use coins and gems to get a hint and beat the level. And Trivia Star has 2,000 five-star reviews in the Apple Store. Join them today and see if you're smart enough to win. I love playing this game and challenging my trivia knowledge. Somehow, I think I have like a photographic memory, so it's such an entertaining way to exercise that skill and put it to the test. Right now, Trivia Star is offering you 2,500 coins and 500 gems when you download and play. Just go to the Apple or Google Store and search for Trivia Star. Again, search Trivia Star and enjoy 2,500 coins and 500 gems. Download Trivia Star for free today. When it comes to foot traffic, for those of us who are thinking I'm going to pivot and I'm going to build things online because of COVID or in general, they already had an online sort of business. How do we begin that foot traffic process there? Like in the online space, when it comes to just like getting visibility, what's your thought there of like the first few steps to take to start getting some foot traffic to your online business. Yeah. So first of all, it is an ego thing because the follower count is a public number. So Mm. our bank accounts are private. So So that's why we're like, but, but they're going to see it. They're going to know I only have a thousand followers. They don't know that my negative, like my bank account is negative, (laughs) that I have credit card debt and I'm going to make it look real good, but they can see it. Right. I know it because I have an ego and I had a much bigger ego 18 years ago and 15 years ago. Like what happens is I care too much about what other people think of me or thought of me. Right. And it's something I've struggled with for a very, very long time. And I realized 
that I have to just start to really let that go. And the more I let it go, the more I just don't care about the outside vanity numbers. So right now, my Instagram account, this is going to sound funny, but my Instagram account is shrinking. (laughs) And the reason it's shrinking is because we're removing bots and not allowing bots to follow us, okay? Now, my bank account is increasing, okay? (laughs) My engagement is increasing. The numbers that you can't see are increasing. The numbers you can see are decreasing. And I have to be okay with that. I have to know that my end goal, my end game is to just build a business that I love, that sustains our family. My, my husband works in the business now, so it's our only income. Like we have to really be able to survive off of this and live a life we are enjoying, right? So the ego has to go away. There is no room for your ego to stay and for your bank account to be where you want it to be, right? So you've just got to be okay with those numbers. And trust me when I say, I have friends that have 500,000 followers that are begging me to teach them how to monetize their Instagram accounts. And I have friends with 2,000 followers that are killing it making seven figures. Those numbers mean nothing. A hundred percent. I've lived that. I get that. In fact, I would say you want to keep your audience super engaged and you want the depth to be there. So I think- You, you're probably going to be doing better if you have a smaller audience, right? Because then you can really have the sense of control of who's in this audience rather than diluting it because the algorithm is only going to have you, you know, connect with a certain amount of people you don't want. Even if it's not a bot, for sure you don't want bots. Yeah. You're so right. Seth Godin was on for a second time a few months ago and he said one of his friends really wanted to have like 10,000 followers. So for her birthday, he bought her 10,000 followers from someone ever. <laughs> Not that he believes Probably in for it, like forty nine ninety nine. Right. Like, Not so that he cheap. believes in it all, but he's like, boom. And he was like, that is the single handed worst thing you can do for your business. But like, have it. You know what I'm saying? So you're totally correct. Now, we want to preface it with that so that people really grasp. Yeah. I knew from the beginning, my very first launch of anything, I didn't even have an Instagram. I built an email list in six weeks to 1,047. That was my yeah. total. And from that list of 1,047 people on an email list, I made $147,000 in six weeks. And I was like, hmm, this is interesting. So I totally hear you. Now, let's say you want to begin. Let's say you want to get your first 500,000, 5,000 followers, the warm ones, the good ones, right? You're not worried about the ego, but you want to build a qualified, great audience. What are some things you're going to do to get that foot traffic coming in? Yeah. So let's talk organic versus paid traffic. So organic as in free traffic. Yes. Here's the thing. I'm very impatient. So I don't want to wait. (laughs) I don't want to wait for organic traffic. It takes forever. Okay. So I'm probably not going to go, oh, just do the organic traffic route. What I'm going to tell you if you have, if you're on a tight budget is at least be running like Facebook live, like video view engagement campaigns for a few dollars a day to build some audiences up. I do believe that you have to pay to play in 2020. Like Mm. it's just, it's really, really difficult to start Instagram right now from scratch and feel like all these people are following and love you. I will tell you that when we are running Facebook ads, our numbers are going up. Our follower counts go up naturally from our Facebook ads or our video, like our Instagram ads or anything like that. So you can do it fairly inexpensively. I would just say video, 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 get as much personality out there as you can to, to really warm them up and engage them. But I'm all for paying if you have the budget. And I think the video views is really, really easy because you could spend five bucks a day a month to get more people out there, but just be strategic with those videos. What is your call to action? 
what are we trying to get them to, right? What are we doing with that? Because what happens is if you're just trying to get your follower count up and in six months from now, you're going to pitch them on something, most of those people won't even see the pitch, right? That's why I always say in the, in the foot traffic formula, we want to get them onto our email list as fast as possible. And I immediately sell them something, at least something small right away that day, because while they're hot, you've got to jump on it. Oh my God. So good. Okay. So first of all, I love that little thing you just kind of dropped innuendo and you said it sort of like sideways. You were like, oh, and yeah, it should be video. I always say sales is intimacy, right? So you're going to just create a lot more intimacy on video than you will with a static written post. Although you can do it too, if you get really vulnerable and kind of like honest in your copy. Now you just said you want to start to bring people in and then have something to offer them right away. I have a feeling that you did a lot of these things when you were bringing people into the dance studio, the karate studio for that guy, all this stuff. What are the mirror images of the things that you were doing to bring people in to the actual brick and mortars that is the corollary for the online. Show us what that looks like. It's identical. And people always think like, well, you're brick and mortar. You don't really, I'm like, no, no, no. I do both. And they're identical. <laughs> like we, we own the same software for both businesses. We're running the same thing. And even right now in brick and mortar, they're mostly seeing us from like a Facebook ad, right? So a lot of our strategies might be a Facebook, Instagram ad. The studio would be come get your free trial, right? So they sign up for a free trial. Your first class is free. Give me your name, your email. I could already on that page say, hey, did you want to get, you know, we, our dance classes sell for $50 a month. Did you want to grab right now your first month for only 25, right? Because I know I track my numbers, right? My secret sauce is tracking. I know that 90% of the people that say, yes, I want that freebie, maybe only let's say 60% actually go to the next step and try to schedule it. And out of the next one, how many actually show up? And then, and then what I do know is, our close rate, if you show up, is like 90%. So how do I get you to show up? Well, maybe if I get you to buy something and you're more invested up front, you'll actually come for that first class, right? It'll increase my numbers. So that would be something in the studio. In my online business, I do a lot of like free five-day workshops, things like that, little trainings where we'll grab them. And immediately on the thank you page, it's like, hey, thanks for getting in our free workshop. Did you want to upgrade your experience with my, whatever it is, $27 little offer right now? And people are buying like that. So what happens is when they go to buy, I'm already getting money to run my Facebook ads and not lose money the whole two weeks of promotion, right? But I'm also getting a much higher qualified lead. Now I'm like, ooh, where are my $27 buyers? They're more invested than the freebie, the free person. Make sense? Not only does it make sense, but I have chills all over my arm (laughs) (laughs) because I think of myself as someone who like really gets challenges and like even during COVID, like we did three in a row, they were each over a million dollar launching, but we have no tripwire. There is no None of it. Okay. None this of it. Alone, well, you you're literally love. like, I have chills. I'm like, I w- I've never done that before. You will love, love, love. And one thing we're going to start doing too is we used to just be like, the videos go away on this day. Well, now we're going to say, but if you want to be a VIP, you'll just get the videos for this price point too. So they can go tack it on right from the beginning. Stop it. God, yeah. that's so good. Okay. So when somebody's sitting there right now and their mouths are drooling and I, if you're not, <laughs> then you don't get how awesome that was. If they're feeling overwhelmed. Yeah. So how can we break down what you just said? What, what you just said is you're going to build a really simple funnel 
right? Which what I heard you say and fill in the blank. What I heard you say is create a free offer and on the way to the free offer, offer them a tiny little thing to invest in. Kind of yeah. break that Let down use... so we can get our head around it. So yes, freebie, grab name and email. We want that first. Then on the next page, after I've got their name and email, then I could possibly say, hey, but wait, right? So I'm trying to do two parts here. If I scare you right away with the offer, you may not take me up on it, right? So I, a lot of times will grab the name and email first. So it could even be like my five ways to um, repaint your office or something. And it's my freebie, my PDF. And then I'm like, but wait, did you want to buy these paint samples to try in your office for only $27? I'm like, huh. Like it makes sense. Okay. And now what have you done? Well, you got their name and email and you may have even made money. And this is, these aren't like major money makers. These are let's fund your Facebook ads so we can keep spending money on Facebook ads to then sell them maybe something bigger. It's awesome. Okay. So we're talking about foot traffic. Let's break down the DNA of what you are just saying right now is there's always a free offer. And then there's always immediately something that they can pay for. Yes. So is that how you're getting traffic is like every day of the week, there's a free offer going on for your business. And then there's always something they can pay for. Is that correct? So my goal is that my business is making money every single day. Mm. So like this year, I I tell the story because I'm like Christmas morning, I woke up, no one was up yet. And I was like, "Ah, I'm just going to jump online. And somebody had purchased my program that morning. First of all, you always say like, it felt like Christmas morning. It was Christmas morning and I made money and it wasn't working. Like what better Christmas morning, right? People are spending money for presents on Christmas day and I'm sitting here making money and that's exciting, right? So I want you to be able to have this automated formula as like with a sales funnel where you are making money every single day. Like if I opened up my ClickFunnels account right now, I could show you that every day there is money coming in from all different products, right? That's where we want to get you. And I get it. You might be overwhelmed. I like to drink from a fire hose too. So you're in the right place, but you just want to ask yourself, like, what are your biggest takeaways and what is one thing you could do to start to see a positive return on your time here with us today, right? Just one thing one tiny thing could already make this whole time worth it. Okay. So two things regarding what you just said. First of all, I think that that is fantastic. We have tons of people on the show, as I said, and not everybody says that they have that goal to sell something every day. And I, I've thought this before, which is like, if you were on main street and there's a coffee shop and a jewelry store and a painting place and they're closed every day, but they open up twice a year, it's like, it's a ghost town. Like, why would you go there? Right? Like it needs to be available. So I think one of the problems, like there's a big inherent fundamental issue people have with selling. Yeah. They feel it is sleazy. It is disingenuous. It is hurting. It is offensive. Like this is a problem because as my friend Susie Moore says, you either have the courage to sell or you will work for someone who does. Tell us how you view sales because clearly you don't feel like you're hurting someone. You're selling every single day. So how do we change that paradigm so we can get through the matrix? Well, okay. So it's funny because of my background being in brick and mortar. And of course you sell every day. Like that would be crazy to not try to sell every day. So when I came into this online world and people were talking about launches and how like I launch once or twice a year, I was like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Like like, what do you, because it's like, it's like that analogy of, a coffee shop opening two times for a week each time, you'd be like, that's crazy. 
That's crazy. So I think it is a dangerous strategy that can make you very vulnerable, especially look at this year. I do launches, but I don't rely on my launches to bring me an income. So I launched the week after the world shut down for the pandemic. And then I launched the week of Black Lives Matter. I mean, what do you do, right? Like imagine if those are my two only planned launches. So here's what I still sold during that time. And I still did well, but it was because I believe the energy that I brought to the table wasn't like, please buy, I need this money. This is the only time I'm going to be launching. To me, it was like, listen, you guys, do you not want me to be here? I know this is a scary time and I can go away. And people were like, no, 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 please stay. I'm like, okay, let's do this. Like, so I'm going to still bring value and we're going to share. And I did. And because I didn't need their money, people could feel that and then purchased. If I would have come from a desperate, I need this, they would have felt it and they would not have bought. So I do believe it is very dangerous to be in the one to two launches without having additional, what we call evergreen revenue, where there's something running behind the scenes, right? So I don't need all of your products to be open every single day of the year, but there should be something that I can buy at any time that I want. Because here's what I think. I'm impatient. (laughs) Kathy's impatient. We've already discussed like a lot of us are impatient, right? And what I think you have to realize is when somebody has a problem and they're looking to solve it right now on the internet, they're not going to wait for you for six months later until your doors are open. They will find somebody else, right? And that's what I don't think a lot of people in the online space understand. You, you have to feel that, that sense of urgency that they're creating for themselves, right? They may not need that solution for that problem in six months. It might be over already. So I do believe you've got to be thinking about how do I make my business more secure yeah. and what is something I could be selling every day? But I really believe in my products and yes. I believe they help. Like I could sell you on them so easily because I believe in them. If you don't feel like you can sell that well, you may have to do a double take here and double check that you truly believe in your product. Because I want you, if I've said like, well, like, what is this? And is this really that good? I want you to fight and be like, oh, my, you have no idea. It's worth 10 times what I sell it for. Oh, and it has helped X, Y, Z, and they do this and they do that. And yes. if you can't fight for your product, then there's probably some underlying reason there that is making you not want to sell. Totally. We just moved into a new house and this kid, he's 22 years old. He knocks on the door today to sell me his eco-friendly pest control. I literally had a pest control company come yesterday and I still bought from him today. I, I was it. like, go ahead. I'm in. I'll pay you. Blah, blah. He was like, well, look what they didn't do here. Blah, blah, blah. And then I say to him, you're amazing at sales. He goes, I'm actually the number one salesperson in the company. I'm like, not surprised. He goes, I'm 22. I made half a million dollars last year. I'm like, you deserve it. You were amazing. Wow. I love the way you came to me today and what you said. I said, what do you think makes you good at it? He goes, oh, cause I believe in what I'm doing. And I know because it's non-toxic and this, and you have kids and he's like, and I just know it. Like, and I, I want, it's win-win. Yeah. I was like, that's it. So here's yeah. the thing. So Stacey, our listeners, the problem is that they are so quick to devalue themselves, right? So I'll be the one saying, I'm your coach. I'm seeing what you're building. It's great. Put it out there. And they're like, I don't believe in myself. And I'm like, but, but you are good at cutting hair. You are good at drawing. You are good at this. Uh, uh. So when we inherently have a hard time giving ourselves that stamp of approval, I think we all worry, you know, we worry and we can't, there's an energetic exchange when, when a person doesn't feel 
that, right? We can tell when someone's like nervous or apologizing for it. And that is a prerequisite. So how do you think that that's, that's something we can overcome? Yeah. So you said they don't believe in themselves, right? Or like they might say to you like, but I'm not, I'm not. And that's probably where it's going wrong is they're focused on them and they're not focused on what they would be doing for somebody else. So like for me to be like, I'm the best dance teacher and I'm the best. I'm thinking, no, no, no. We are going to give that child the best experience because if they went someplace else, I know the experience is not going to be what that child deserves. Mm -hmm. And I want to make sure the child gets it. So I'm, I'm really looking at the customer. Same thing in my business coaching. I'm thinking, it's not about how amazing I am, how amazing my studio is. It's like that person needs real strategy and they need real handholding and they need real support. And I believe we are going to do a really great job getting them there, right? So it's, it's more about like put it on them. And then when you start to look at it that way, like I said to one of my clients who said a very similar thing, I said, are there people out there selling what you do, but way worse, like not doing a great job and probably even more expensive. And they're like, uh, yes. I'm like, think how like selfish you are. Yeah. Think how selfish you are letting your potential client spend more money for a worse product. Yeah. That's horrible. Like you got to get out there and you have to make sure they don't buy those bad products and spend more than they need to when you have something that's better and possibly more valuable. So you've yeah. got to be careful that way. I love that question and like posing it like that. Cause that's easy for people to say, Oh yeah, there's people out there who are not doing it nicely or showing up in a real empathetic way. And then you're like, and you're going to be selfish and sit on the sidelines. I love that. Mm -hmm. Daniel Pink was on the podcast. He said, if you have anything that can make a material difference in someone's life, software, a painting, some compassion, and whatever it is, he said, you have a moral obligation to sell what you do. Morally obligated. And I'm like, whoa. He's like, yeah, you know, like that's selfish if you don't do it. I'm like, whoa. Mm -hmm. So this is really, really important. I think part of it is when people see you know, Stacy's running an ad. So is Jasmine Starr. So is Amy Porterfield. And they see those kind of mean comments, right? Yeah. You have to have thick skin. You know, I noticed mm -hmm. like, as I've grown myself, like being a leader, like raising your hand and saying like, I'm available, I'm here for it. You put yourself out there, right? And there will be people, you know, I'm running an ad. Somebody else says in my post, look at Kathy, she's so conceited. And then somebody wrote, when men write a thing like this, people are all like praising them, but a woman says it and she's like, fair enough. But it was like, I get eaten alive, right? And same thing with my podcast. You know, yeah. we have like 4,000 five star reviews and 85 people took the time to say how awful I am, right? That's the fear. Mm -hmm. We care a lot about wanting everyone to like us. Yeah. And I'm sure that you have also had a few of those comments. So how can we change our relationship to putting ourselves out there? Because it, it is going to be necessary. Yeah. Okay. So first, it's a fact that some people are going to absolutely dislike you, say horrible things about you. There's just people that they're going to do that. What I will say is my team, their job is to protect me from that bad energy. So I do annual customer surveys. Okay. People have not nice things to say sometimes. <laughs> things like, Stacey's all about the money. Like, we just keep spending this much money and she's out there in her new car, right? Like, stuff like that, okay? That is not constructive that I need to read that. So I have somebody on my team that reads the surveys and delivers me real feedback that I need to know about to decide if we need to make a program better or not, right? So you might want to see... If it's draining you, if you don't have that thick skin, some people can handle it. They're like, whatever, like moving on, right? 
Some people cannot. They will be out the whole rest of the day, crawled up in bed, um, like just they won't be able to function. You have to ask yourself, how much of that do you want to put yourself in front of? And how much do you want your team to help handle that for you? Because that's why they're there, right? Even if it's a virtual assistant or somebody, I always say to my team, like, because I believe in my product so much. So when somebody like comes for me, it can hurt, like it can sting, right? So they can even soften the blow and not go into like the mean, horrible things they're saying, but they're like, well, we had this one suggestion, nice suggestion about maybe adding this to the program. And I'm like, oh, okay. And even my energy back to it feels very different than having to respond to somebody attacking me. Right. It's not charged, right? It's just information. It's not with an emotional charge. It's neutral. Neutral information. Let me ask you this. So this one juicy tactic that we were talking about with like selling something every day, offering something for free, but then a little, what we call in the biz, a tripwire of like, oh, but you could do a VIP or an upgrade above up. Let me ask you about this because people in my world say a lot about choosing your fishing hole, right? Like, yeah, you can sell to the folks who go to the 99 cent store. 99 cent store is a multi-billion dollar business. Like you can for for sure sell price or you can choose a fishing hole where you're selling Louis Vuitton, Chanel, Mercedes, and like they do really well and people are having no problem walking in there and buying those cars or those shoes or bags or whatever. So if you're creating a Jimmy Choo product, right? Yeah but you're selling these little tripwires for like 27 bucks. Does that sort of cannibalize your bigger offer? And does that bring in the people who are like needier? Because I find that people who spend less money, actually they require more attention Definitely. than yeah. people who spend more. So where does that fall into that landscape? Yeah, great question. This is a really valid point. So with my little $27 offers, there isn't any... Uh, program that goes with it where we're coaching. Because right. I do agree with you. They are a lot needier than somebody spending much more. So we aren't having interaction with them that way. Okay. It's also a money back guarantee where if we can tell you're going to be a problem, take your 27 Bye. bucks back. <laughs> we yeah. do not need it. Like, nope. no, no, no. You gladly throw it and you can keep the course. Like, I don't even care. Right, so right. <laughs> we'll do that. Um, so I will tell you this. I also had that same fear. I sell one of my entry level products is about a $6,000 program. And I was the same way. I'm like, I'm doing high end. I've got a lot to offer. So I recently brought out like a $97 boot camp, And I was like, Ugh, we'll see. We're going to see who right. we get. Okay. So here was what was interesting. A few people that bought that we had heard talking in DMs said things like, I've been following Stacy for so many years, but I've never bought because it's always been such a large investment. This was really cool to be able to try her out. So yes, it definitely attracted some $97 people that are here for 97 bucks and they're out, but it definitely allowed some people to say, this was good. Sample. I want now. Yeah. I want the next thing. And then they, they spent 6,000 at the end of it. So for us, it has not backfired. I mean, it, it really does, like you said, possibly attracts the wrong people, but at the same time, when you sell a $6,000 offer, it was like we were either selling $6,000 or we were making nothing. And now all the people that were never a good fit for it, at least a portion of them are spending maybe $27 or $97, right? We're making some money to help Fantastic. us yeah. Fantastic. So I, that's just my experience. I always teach what I'm doing, but we have not seen a backlash yet. Fantastic. Okay. Let's talk about your podcast because yeah. I want my podcast listeners to know about it. So Foot Traffic Podcast. Yeah. Why do you love doing it and what can people expect from listening to it? Yeah. So I've been doing it now for four years, I think. We have like 400 plus episodes. I will tell you, 
a year into it, I, I started gung ho and I did three episodes a week and I burnt myself out burnt myself out. I like go all in and that was a mistake. And I kind of fell out of love with it. And all of a sudden I decided it was going to be my own thing for me, for fun, just to like go back to like those coffee shop days and like somebody picking my brain. Like, why does this have to be so structured and this many and promising three a week and that. And I finally just said like, nope, I'm just going to come on and share when I have something really good to share. And sometimes there's three a week and sometimes there's one. And I'm always consistent with at least one a week, but it's because it's something that's going to be important for them to hear. So mm-hmm. what, we're, what we're sharing on the podcast, I do a mix of solos as well as interviews. And it's basically a lot of marketing strategies. And of course, I'm throwing in, I'm a big systems girl. So whether it's like saving you time over here or systems in you know, productivity, there's a good mix of systems in business in general. But yes, the focus is probably... marketing and getting more customers in the door. Yeah. And you've had Amy Porterfield too. That's how I found out about you because she had you on hers and Susie Orman and Dave Hollis. So great stuff. Um, Speaking of marketing, my last question for people who are really overwhelmed is if they're really afraid of funnels and funnels get really complicated and expensive and they start to feel really intimidating and they want to do something about what you were sharing, what's like the easiest way? Can it be like a three email thing? Is there some service you recommend? So if you realize, I, I think I said the word funnel one time. And even what? when I said it- I was it, so proud of you. Even when I said <laughs> it, I was like, I shouldn't have said that word because I know it scares people, okay? And here's the thing. Funnels are not new. They have been around forever, right? It's just a new word that we're calling it, Right. That's why I like to say the formula. I didn't have to say it was a funnel, but yes, it is a funnel. So I think the best thing that you could do is start to observe the funnels you're in every day that you don't even realize. Like go to a Facebook ad, right? If you went on Facebook right now, they're going to show you an ad. Like, and then you just refresh your screen to see a new ad and start to stalk all of the ads. Like go through the ad. What are they trying to get you? Are they trying to sell you something? Are they trying to ask for your email? Just start observing. That I think is the best step, okay? Start to see what would be a good fit for you, your audience, what feels right. And then you can start to model one that does, or you can pick and piece them together and go like, okay, I could do this. And then yes, I would say like, we call them an opt-in page where we're grabbing their email. We sell them on that next page, that thank you page. And then I probably send out about three emails or so before I put them on my regular weekly email, email newsletter. Now I will say this. I'm a huge fan of ClickFunnels and a lot of people don't want to go to ClickFunnels because it's $97 a month and you could go to lead pages for 37 or something cheaper. But this is what I always tell people. At some point, your funnel will make you money. And what happens is you will be stopped by those other softwares because they don't do what ClickFunnels can do with like order bumps and like, hey, but wait, did you want to get this? And kind of like the QVC, like, but wait, one more time and one time offer. The things that we do in our funnel. So we have a book funnel right now. The book is $8.95, but our average cart is about $30 every time somebody does it because we're getting them on like the, but wait, did you want to get the audiobook? Did you want to get it. the challenge that goes with it? Did you want to get our course? We had a few people actually purchase the end, which is $297. They thought they were coming for a $9 book and I spent yeah. $300 plus dollars on the Amazing. Out- on the All the yeah. upsell and the bundling and it's so good. You are like lightning in a tiny little cute <laughs> bottle. Tell us for, for those people who will be listening to this, where can they find you and how can they get to be part of your world? 
Yeah. So my podcast is Foot Traffic Podcast. Um, just type in my name or Foot Traffic. It'll pop up. Definitely a great place to get started. I love Instagram. You can find me at any, basically any platform at Stacey Tushel. Um, and then I have a free Facebook group that is called the Foot Traffic Community. And I do like free bonus trainings and things like that in there. Amazing. Thank you so much, Stacey, for being here. Thank you. You're a delight. And I could spend like another nine hours with you and never be bored. So you're awesome. Thank you so much. This was so much fun. And thank you guys so much for being here. I appreciate your time. Oh my God. I love Stacy. So much fun. All right. Here are the takeaways. Number one, you want your business to be profitable and make money. You don't want an expensive hobby. Number two, it takes traffic, touch, and transaction to follow the foot traffic formula. Help people understand who you are and how to find you, connect with them, and turn those leads into paying customers. Number three, this is your time. How badly do you really want this? Be committed to getting resourceful and figuring this out. Number four, anyone can be successful right now, but you have to adapt. It's time to change the game. Stop complaining about what you don't have or what you used to sell. What do people need? What can you provide? And what can you do now? Number five, there's no room for your ego to stay and for your bank account to be where you want it to be. You have to be okay with the numbers. They mean nothing. Number six, when someone has a problem and they're looking to solve it, they won't wait six months. Fill their sense of urgency and sell them what they need. Number seven, don't focus on the areas where you think you're not enough. Focus on what you can do for someone else. And number eight, it's selfish to let your potential client spend more money for an offer that's worse than yours. So be generous, believe in your offer, and put it out there. Okay, now I want to share some of your wins. Beth posted in our Facebook group and she said, I asked for a 30% raise in my freelancing hourly rate and I got it. I knew and could prove I was worth it and more. So I felt really secure in asking. It was scary as F. Beth, that's amazing. You should be so proud of yourself for raising your rate and doing it even though it probably gave you so much butterflies and knots in your stomach. We all have an upper ceiling we need to break through and you are doing it. Okay, here's the next one. Samantha said, I hit 100 sales in my new Etsy business selling handmade jewelry and decor this week. I started three months ago after always believing and saying how my hands were stupid. They aren't. I'm overwhelmed with gratitude and excitement and I cannot wait to see where this journey leads. Samantha, that's amazing. Congrats. 100 sales? What? I'm so glad you've turned the belief around and you've come to appreciate and love your hands for the beautiful work they can create. I'm so excited to see this grow. You guys go check out Samantha's store on Etsy. It's called Samantha's Closet KY. Thank you so much for listening. I get it. I know that you guys have a million things you can be doing, but you're here and that means everything. We have amazing conversations coming up. I already spilled the beans. Matthew McConaughey is coming on. Martha Beck, Rachel Hollis. It's going to be Lots and lots of fun. So subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. If you want to be the first to get the episodes when they come out, go ahead and subscribe. Now, I want to ask you a question. Did this episode teach you something new? Did it inspire you? If the answer is yes, then I really implore you to share this with someone. Can you think of one person who needs this, who would be inspired by it? Please share it. Text them the episode link. Email it to them or go to your Instagram and post about the show and tag me and then I'll repost it and I'll thank you personally. I love you guys. I'll leave you with a song. Have an amazing weekend. I'll talk to you Monday.
the heart of a hero.